Good morning. You have tuned in to the Winkler Birchtaler Mennonite Church worship service for February 7, 2021. So glad you could join us. It's going to be a good morning. Uh, Don and Shar Epp will be sharing some of what they have been doing on the mission field. Good stories that I think will encourage you. So pull up a chair and welcome to our service. We wish God's blessings on each one of you from Winkler Birchtaler Mennonite Church. I was going to say good morning, but uh, you may be watching at any different time. I'll start off by reading uh, a few announcements. Uh, Tina Hildebrandt is in the Swan Lake Hospital. Um, under Mission pray, Prayer and Praise, Children of all ages are challenged and faced with offers of drugs, technology overload, dysfunctional families, etc. Pray for all the children within our church and in the whole community. Our missionaries to pray for our K and K, and also ask that you pray for the workings of the church as many of the committees are meeting online through Zoom. Uh, I'll read a special announcement coming up with help or with uh, Valentine's Day coming up. A drive-in Valentine's fundraiser. Winkler Bible Camp invites you to bring your sweetheart to their drive-in Valentine's fundraising event, February 12, 13, and 14. They'll provide snacks and an entertaining 40-minute program on the big screen for you and your special someone. Tickets are $30 per couple, and a free will offering will be taken to further support the work of the Winkler Bible Camp. To book your spot, either 
purchase on their website or call their office at 204-325-9519. For our scripture reading, join me as we read 1 John 4, 16 to 18. Sorry, we'll go from 11 to 19. Uh, There's so much stuff in there. 1 John 4, and we'll start with 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and the God in him. Love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because of this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment, the man who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Join me as we pray. Dear God of love, we thank and praise you for your love for us. We thank you that we can worship you even if we're not together physically. Lord, help each one of us to overcome our various fears with faith in you. Lord, I pray that you would be with each person in hospitals dealing with health issues or if they're in care homes or if they're dealing with health issues at at home. Lord, you know the needs and we pray for your leading. Lord, we also pray that you would be with our missionaries K and K. You know their needs. And Lord, I pray that you would help the Winkler Bible Camp have the an effective Valentine's get together and that people would be encouraged to come to you. Lord, as each one of us goes about our tasks in different ways and we connect with different people. I pray that you would lead us, that you would help us to be the reflectors of your love. Lord, in this world, there is so much of fear-mongering. Lord, I pray that you would instill in us the faith that we need to overcome the fear that threatens us. Thank you, God, for your love. Pray that you would 
be with each one of us that listening, be with also uh, each person that's involved in various parts of the service and direct Pastor Engbrecht as he gives the message. Thank you for your love, and I pray that you would help us to share it. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Please join us as we sing, Bless the Lord, O My Soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship your holy name. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul Worship His holy name Sing like never before Worship your holy name. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come, still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul. I'll worship your holy name. Worship your holy name, Lord, I'll worship your holy name. 
these are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trial, of famine and darkness and sword, still we are a voice in the desert crying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. These are the days of Ezekiel, the dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant David rebuilding the temple of praise. And these are the days of the harvest. The fields are as white in the world. And we are the laborers in the vineyard declaring the word of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's the year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. There's no God like Jehovah. 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 Behold, He comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's the year of Jubilee. And out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice. It's the year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross, love so amazing, love so amazing, Jesus Messiah. Above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel. 
rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven, Jesus Messiah, Lord of all. His body the bread, His blood the wine, broken and poured Church. It is very good to see you guys again. Um, boy, we wish we could be with you and worship with you. It's been a really long time being in this COVID thing, but hey, we're just getting through it. And you get to see the inside of our house. Kind of fun. Anyways, you guys, I just wanted to uh, thank you again for being in, uh, partnering with us to reach the Dupanin and Agda people group. It's amazing to think that out of the 4,700 languages of the world that had still been unreached when we started, um, we've knocked one of those language groups off the list with your help and just with you partnering with us. So we really appreciate that. Uh, it was just this last week that we were looking through our pictures again and just uh, thinking about our times back in in the Philippines. And it was uh, remarkable just to look back and see as we go through several pictures, all of a sudden there would be another unique sickness, a weird disease. All of a sudden there was one that you know, the hands are starting to peel of its skin. All of a sudden, there was a big rash on a hand. And it just kept going through picture after picture of all of these weird, unique diseases that we were going through. And we just want to thank you for being with us and praying uh, for us uh, during those times. And just thinking of when we came back to, to Canada, we can actually sleep properly. There weren't many ants crawling into our ears. 
or a possibility of snakes coming into the house. Uh, no big typhoons coming through. We just have a little bit of cold. In fact, our furnace is down right now. Um, but we really want to, uh, just thinking about uh, being in the Philippines and settling in here, we, we just feel like it's been a really uh, good time to uh, rest and recuperate. Um, and we'll just go through a couple things that we're doing here. Uh, but one thing that hasn't really changed is I've, um, even in my office now, I just still have this bag. Now, this is my go bag, and it has everything from duct tape to different medicine and uh, and go bag with a, with my radio to call out if we ever had to, to run. Um, and that still sits in my office. So things, some things still just haven't changed. Um, yeah. We have snakes, too, that are <laughs> fully... Actually, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we have this okay, rubber we have this rubber snake that just sticks around in the house. We find it in a closet, we find it on the floor somewhere in a corner, and it kind of just makes us feel at home. Even though we didn't have that many snakes in the village, it's uh it's just one of those fun things that reminds us that hey, this might not be our home for long. We, we still need to be uh used to seeing snakes around. Kept on our toes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been uh, good like Don said to to get some rest in. Uh, of course, it's been hard because of COVID. It hasn't looked the way that uh, we thought our furlough mm-hmm. would have looked like. We had planned to be here during this time. So for that, we're very thankful that we didn't have to come home, especially for this or anything that fits in our timeline. But we aren't being able to see the friends and family the way we wanted. Mm-hmm. But we are getting some some good rest in. And so there's other things that are keeping us busy. And Don will get into that. But it's been great. Our boys are going to school. And it's... Um, it's been really good, actually, just the way that it's worked out with it being every other day because it's kind of like that transition between homeschool and and uh, full-time school. So that's been really good. They're getting settled, and they were in some youth, and that was really glad, uh, really good. We're sad that it's canceled right now. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's some good. Thea's actually been working in Salem Home for the last quite a few months, and she's really enjoying that. She's working in the kitchen part, and it's opened her eyes to just some maybe future things that she might be interested in and... She um, had plans to go to Cape and Ray School in April in Austria, but those things obviously aren't um, working out for her. So she's um, coming up with some alternative plans, but right now she's just happy to be able to be making some money and getting settled in Canada. And we've seen um, just a lot of settling happen um, mm-hmm. in the last few months. It took a long time just to kind of get over that first hurdle of where we are and what we went through. And um, yeah, we just see mm-hmm. some settling happen and we're, we're glad for that. Some other things that we've been dealing with this summer is uh, Char had a concussion. Well, actually three concussions with different uh, funny stories, actually. But uh, either way, she's been dealing with uh, headaches and trying to trying to recover, uh, getting back to normal. And so we're really thankful that we're actually here in, in order for her to, to deal with it. If we were back in the village, we would not be able to do um, the things that we were doing in the village, uh, just the busyness and, and um, being in a dark room sometimes, taking some more rest. So we just... Continue to pray for that, that she would recover um, completely and uh, relatively soon. Um, yeah, because that has been pretty difficult. And for myself, I have been uh, doing some studies. Um, it's been a long time since I was able to be the learner again. I've put a lot of effort into teaching and making lessons for the Agda, but this has been time set aside to reconnect with churches, um, with supporters, and also do study for myself, and I and I think it's really um, helpful for me uh, in preparing for the future to continue teaching and doing lessons for the Agda. So continue to pray for that as well. Um, 
Yeah, now just for a little bit of a missions update, uh, we will go back and start showing a few slides if we can get this thing to work. Okay, so we were just going to uh, give you a little update on um, on what happened in the village before we left. Now, it was about uh, three weeks before we came home that we had a team come out to help redo the roof on our storm shelter. Now, the storm shelter here was not only a storm shelter and people, where people would run when there was a typhoon, but it was also on the left side there, you'll see that it was um, a place for uh, literacy, teaching literacy. And um, then the other side just had storage for library books and things like that. So we had a team come out and redo that shelter before we left so that uh, the Agda and the Ilocano in the area would have an area to run to in a next typhoon. And we know that typhoons come roaring through there. So we did a really good job of that, put on some new plastic material. Super and thankful it, for the team that the came team. out and the support in providing for those materials. And very yeah. thankful for that. Yeah. And then another thing that was happening just before we left is that a new public health nurse was moving into the area. Oh, we've had one over the years, um, but she's um, younger and uh, just very interested in partnering with us in different ways. And she was very excited about being able to use the facilities of that center. Um, half will be literacy and the other half will be for her to um, use as she needs. And she provides health care for a large portion of that coast and uh, they won't uh, live in the area but they'll come for different lengths of time throughout the year and then just provide vaccines and care and things like that so we're just really thankful to provide that um, for her as well as space to be able to work efficiently and safely for um, giving health to the people and it was really neat because she hadn't come through the area uh, very often and it was while the team was building the uh, putting the new roof on and and just uh, getting it set uh, set up and ready again for typhoons that she came by and she looked at it and she was really thrilled about having a place where she could come and um, and be involved in community there. So we felt, felt that it was really uh, a great timing and that the Lord just sent them at the perfect time. They started to pick colors that they might paint and, and just felt some ownership in it. So we thought that um, we just praise the Lord for, for the timing of that. It was... Um... Of course, difficult for us to leave. Um, we're anticipating that leaving the village for Thea, this being her last time living there, mm -hmm. would be very difficult. And so we had um, we kind of thought through things that we thought would help her bring closure and celebrate the time she was there and be able to say goodbye well. And with COVID and the way things turned out, um, we'd already left the village thinking we, uh, for a short uh time out the team was going to leave and then we had a conference and we would fly back in and have one more month where Thea could do those things but with COVID and how things worked out we ended up um, booking tickets to come home with the team and so we contacted the pilot one morning and just asked if he would have any time to fly us in that morning and he did and um, so we flew in and we expected to be able to have a couple hours mm -hmm. uh, for Thea to at least say her goodbyes but the weather turned and he uh, wasn't even sure he'd be able to get us in but uh, he said 10 minutes. He said 20, era, 20 minutes, half an hour. That's all he'll give us before before we needed to leave. So um, so we're <laughs> thankful, even though it wasn't what we had hoped or dreamed or even um, planned, that she did have a little bit of time. She didn't get to say goodbye to many of her friends as they were all at school, but she did um, be able to say goodbye to a lot of her dear aunts and uncles and grandparents that have loved her throughout the years and have seen her grown, grow up and... Um, 
It was a very... Lots of tears, yeah. It was like the village was mourning. Mm -hmm. Lots of tears as they saw Thea leave because she grew up there and these really were some of her aunts and uncles and treated her like one of, uh, yeah, like one of the family. But we're thankful for that. And um, yeah, we're just thankful that the Lord gave Thea that chance to grow up there and Mm -hmm. she's thankful for it too. And it's, um, yeah, now just the next steps of learning how to thrive and grow and um, be here in this culture for the time being that uh, we're we're working through and, and learning how to um, adapt here as well. Yes, and since we left, um, our co-workers uh, left the village as well. Um, so John, our co-worker, is in Tugigarao, and so and uh, the majors left as well. And so there's really no communication with anybody in Valley Cove at the minute. Uh, it's really difficult to, to not have... Um, any news from there. Once in a while, we have somebody, one of the kids will go out from Valley Cove and they will end up on the coast and they will send, they will contact us through uh, social media. Um, but then again, it's just very uh, rarely that that'll happen. And we can't really get good updates on each of the individuals, see how the church is doing, see what the believers are doing, uh, if they're gathering for worship or if they're gathering to pray or even some of the needs that, that they're having in the village. So so it is kind of difficult right now, even thinking about how we can prepare materials uh, for the church to continue teaching. Um, yeah, it's very difficult. So it just feels like when we were um, initially going to search out where Valley Cove was and thinking about the Agda people, how remote it was, it feels that same way again. Um, so we just uh, continue to pray for them, pray that they would continue to gather and continue to hang on to God's word. One of the hard things about... Um, coming home on furloughs or home assignments is just leaving some of those people that you love dearly and the things that we've worked towards for them and and, um, with them on. Mm -hmm. And this is a dear friend, Hoking. And she, a few years ago, um, was in the middle of delivery and had a stroke. And she was able to deliver the baby, but um, she lost all control of her left side of her body and that's just really difficult no matter where you are in the world, of course. But being in a semi-nomadic people group, mm-hmm. it brings certain challenges that are unique. And um, it has been a long journey with her. It was um, to see her smile in this picture. It just took years to get to that point. Like she, yeah. It was just very hard for her for months and months and months. She'd just be left alone in her little dark hut. Um, her baby passed away. Um yeah, it was just such a sad situation, and she had some other medical complications that we were um, flying her in and out of the village just to try and get her some help. And with our good uh, friend, Dr. Scott, we were able to kind of get her on a medical regime that um, just has helped her gain back some of her strength. She's on seizure meds, um, uh, some other meds just for her uh, continued recovery and well-being. And um, it's something that through your support, we've been able to provide for her. There's no way that they would be able to get any of these, pay for any of these medications for this long of time. And um, so it's just something that uh, thankfully through your support and prayers, we've been able to provide for her and we left a good stock of it for her, but um, it's, she's ran out (laughs) and there's no way for them to get any more. It's just, it's just complicated and uh, with our partners not being in there and the whole mm-hmm. thing. And so it's really hard just to look back and, and wonder how she's doing and what this will mean for her. And I know she's uh, a very strong and determined lady. There's crazy stories of 
Well, for example, she uh, got pregnant again, even being paralyzed, and and it was a very dangerous situation. We knew that she would have to fly mm-hmm. out to the hospital to have this baby, and we talked to her about it, and and um, so uh, we kind of had a plan as to when we'd fly her out to to get her out to try and get some to be in the hospital for this delivery, and but the dates were wrong, and. All of a sudden, we heard word that she had had her baby, and we weren't running there, and just not sure what was going to happen. And she had her baby while all the other ladies were down the river washing their clothes, and the men are gone for the day back in the jungle. And so it was just her in her little grass-roofed hut or whatever, and she gave birth, and the baby was still in her pant leg when the ladies came back, and she's like, I just had my baby. And it's just incredible to think that that's, that's their life, and... Uh, they survive and they push through it and they're not, they just keep going on. And I just pray that she is, has the strength to continue on. And I pray that somehow mm-hmm. she can, um, yeah, that maybe the Lord would just heal her and she wouldn't need those medications or she wouldn't, um, fill uh, the replications of not being on the meds. But mm-hmm. those are some of the things that are hard for us. I'm not only mm-hmm. thinking of the church that's growing, but also just of individual people that, um, just are there now on their own. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. Yeah. So with all that, with the church going on, with people um, still uh, somewhat needing to rely on on some of the service that was that we provided before, uh, it sometimes makes us a little bit concerned and worried for them. And then uh, when we look at Psalm forty six uh, verse ten, it says this: "Be still and know that I am God." I will be honored in, by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Matthew 16, verse 18 says somewhat the same thing. It says, I will build my church, is what Jesus says, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I'm reminded that this has never been our work. This has been God's work, and it's what he promises will happen. He will be honored. He will be honored throughout the nations, throughout the world, and he will build his church. And it reminds me of a couple of things that happened uh, recently. I think it was right after Opet, one of my best friends in Valley Cove uh, with the Agda. Um, right after he got saved, uh, we had our first baptism. Maybe uh, it was maybe two years ago already. And uh, I asked him, I'm like, hey, Opet, like, you're saved. Uh, you, you believed. So why don't you get baptized? And he was like, oh, no, no, no. You know, I still want to drink gin or something like this. He And he thought that was uh, a requirement that he couldn't anymore if he got baptized. So so even though I was encouraging him to be baptized with the other believers because he had a good testimony, um, he decided not to. And I was like, okay, well, it's totally his decision. And I, I didn't force him or anything. I just encouraged him to. And it took a little while. It took maybe another year and a half. In fact, it was just before... Uh, we left this last time when the team came in to do the, uh, to fix the roof on the building. Opit out of his own, um, just on his own came and he's like, Dindo, I want to be baptized. And I was like, no way. This is super exciting. And I was thrilled because it wasn't something that I was doing or, or Shar was doing or our team was doing. It was something that the Lord was doing. He was putting it on his heart to, um, to take that stand in obedience and to, um, be baptized. So, uh, Opit, we went down to the river that time and we had our team there as well. And he was baptized in the river and so was his wife. And so these are really, uh, really great things that were happening, uh, without our input. Um, 
It was just a matter of the Lord doing what he said he would do. And that's something that we can continue to trust him for as we're over here, that God will continue to build his church. And of course, we are, we can be involved in it. You guys have been involved in it. But just to remember that, um, as the Lord allows us to be involved, we will be involved and he will continue to do what he's promised to do. And that reminds me of, as we were going back and looking through all of the pictures and, and videos and stuff this last week, we came across an, an older video that encouraged us again. Um, the song is Be Still, uh, Be Still and Know That I Am God. And there's a lot of events that happen in this video that um, continue to happen, typhoons, sicknesses. And, of course, the most important thing was the testimonies. Uh, Botai Book starts off with his testimony and... Opit ends with his testimony. And I thought it'd be a really encouraging thing for us to remember what God's done and to, to continue to rely on his promises that he will continue to build his church. Romans 9, verses 1 to 8. I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption as sons. Theirs the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. It is not as though God's word had failed For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel, nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the natural children who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. Well, good morning. That was a fantastic report we had by Don and Shar. Isn't it good to hear what's going on out in the world as uh, people like Don and Shar go into remote places and share the good news of the gospel? And then just to be able to uh, report back and so that we can see uh, how the church is growing in, in remote places. It's very exciting. Why don't you uh, pause with me for a moment and let's pray for Don and Shar and their ministry. Father in heaven, I thank you for Don and Char. I thank you for the call that you've placed on their lives and that you've taken them to a remote place, a place where that, uh, that they could make their home, uh, that they could uh, connect with a people and become part of a people and uh, become part of their village and their community. And, and then, Father, to introduce them to the gospel. How good it is to hear their reports And Father, as in this time of COVID, it's difficult to connect. I pray that you would be with uh, their friends in the jungle. I pray that you'd also be with Don and Shar and their children, as they, uh, all of them are apart from from the home that they have been in for a long time. So we pray, Father, that you would uh, bless them as they are here in Canada at this time, and that you would also go before them, and that you would guide their steps as they plan their future and also as they plan to make connections with, their, with the Octa people. So, Father, bless them, encourage them, and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> well, this morning, I'm going to speak on something that I 
hinted at in my last message. That I want to look at some scriptures that speak of the last days. And if you're like me, you've spent some time thinking about what kind of times we're living in. A lot has happened in 2020 that raises questions for us. Will that way of life that we've enjoyed for so long return? Is the world forever changed? We don't know, but we wonder. The coronavirus, of course, has been the primary focus of the entire world for nearly a year. The response to that virus has probably had even more profound effects than the disease itself. And then you add to that the polarizing politics of the United States and uh, even other governments around the world. They have had a huge impact on on the world. And mixed in with that have been racial tensions, uh, gender battles, then, of course, science, medicine, and vaccines, concerns about the environment, the censorship of free speech by big tech companies, and a whole host of theories about what is actually going on in the world. The challenge in trying to process what is happening is that truth and reality-based reasoning are no longer standard pillars of public discourse. Lying in public and lying to the public without shame or conscience is a practice that has crept into the developed world in a way that threatens to undermine everything that uh, the Christian worldview has built in the Western world. If truth is not paramount, how long will it be before Western nations become failed states? All this talk about a radically changing world makes Christians wonder, are we approaching the very last days? It's a reasonable question. And it's been asked before. And that is why I'm going to look at what the scripture has to say to the church about end times. A lot of it comes from Daniel, Revelation, Matthew, and Thessalonians. But there are tidbits scattered throughout the Bible. A large part of my motivation uh, to, to do this are some of the interpretations of how the end plays out. Because... How you look at it has implications for the church. But I'll get to that in another sermon. I grew up in the, among the general conference Mennonites of southwestern Manitoba. In my experience, revelation and end times uh, are not things that were frequently or diligently preached or taught. Neither was there any particular interpretation that was strongly um, promoted as a proper way to understand it. When Eileen and I moved to Winkler in 2018, I discovered a way of interpreting Revelation in end times that I've heard before, but had not yet embraced in my thinking. Now, before I say more, I would like to acknowledge that even within our church, Within our church body, there is more than one interpretation of end times and how things play out. You may not agree with how I see things, but I would invite you to listen to the interpretation that I present. And if you can, listen without 
arguing with me in your head. And then scrutinize what I have to say, hold it up against the scriptures, and see if it has any merit. At the very least, see if you can understand how I am able to arrive at the interpretation that I present. I am guided by something that Dan Block, a visiting professor to Providence College, said to me in one of my classes. He said, always let the scripture say what it says, even if it makes you uncomfortable, and never make it say what it does not say. So that's one of the guiding principles, I guess you could say, of how I think I'm approaching this. I want to share with you what I see in the scripture concerning end-time themes as I try to answer questions about the rapture of the church, the mark of the beast, the great tribulation, the 144,000, the first resurrection, etc. There are many things to cover. And I also hope to be able to answer the question, so what? What do the answers to these questions matter to our lives? And I hope that this might generate deeper Bible study, and discussion of the scriptures in our church body. And I would like to also caution us on one thing, breaking fellowship. Let's not break fellowship with a brother or a sister because we see this differently. We don't want to go there. Rather, let us um, learn to listen to each other's interpretations offer each other Bible verses for consideration, and be humble enough to accept that there are different interpretations among those who believe. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we're about to enter some territory that we don't often go to, and yet at a time like this, we, we are drawn to it. We are wondering, are these the last days? And we are drawn to the words of Jesus uh, as his disciples asked him what the signs were at the end of the time. And so, Father, as we look at your word and as we consider these things, would you go before us, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying. Amen. Who is true Israel? That is the title of this morning's message And I want to answer that question, and then also the question that logically follows, which is, so what? What does it matter to my life? The book of Romans sets forth a definition of Israel that impacts how we see Israel as a nation or a people, and it also affects our understanding of prophecy. So what is so special about Israel in the first place? What sets Israel apart from all the nations of the earth? I believe it is two things. Number one, God's call. And number two, God's covenant. God's call went first to one man. A man whom God called to leave his home and family and settle in a new land that God would give him. That man was Abram. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, 
and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham left his homeland with his wife Sarah and his nephew Lot and with everything that they had. When Abraham arrived in Canaan, the Lord appeared to him again and said, To your offspring I will give this land. Well, after Lot and Abraham had separated because of uh, trying to share pastures with all their flocks, uh, Lot went and settled in the Jordan Valley. And the Lord came to Abraham again. Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also be counted. After Abraham passed the test of obedience, when God asked him to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice, God affirmed his covenant with Abraham and his offspring. And God continued to affirm that covenant with Abraham's son, Isaac, in Genesis 26, and again with Isaac's son, Jacob, in Genesis 28. God blessed Jacob with 12 sons and a daughter, and God renamed Jacob Israel. And one day, Israel's son Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. Joseph was taken to Egypt, where he eventually found himself second in command to Pharaoh, And then a famine came that brought the sons of Israel to Egypt looking for food. And eventually, Israel moved his family to Egypt. The Pharaoh at that time was favorable toward Joseph and his father Israel. And and he gave them the land of Goshen in which to settle. Sometime later, a Pharaoh came to power who did not know Joseph. And he enslaved the children of Israel. And for 400 years... The Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians. They cried out, and God heard their cry, and then he delivered Israel out of Egypt and out of bondage. So, we started by asking what set Israel apart from all the nations of the earth. And I suggested it was God's call and God's covenant. Abraham responded to the call and entered God's co- uh, into God's covenant with him. Well, next, God made a covenant with the children of Israel. First with Abraham, now with the children of Israel. And this happened at Mount Sinai <clears throat> in the wilderness. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Exodus 19, verses 5 to 8. So the covenant with Israel was enacted. After wandering in the desert for 40 years, that covenant was then renewed on the plains of Moab just before Israel entered the promised land. 
The renewal of that covenant takes place in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 27, where Moses spoke to the children of Israel, and the covenant was affirmed with blessings and with curses. Let me read part of that for you. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Holy means set apart. And the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers, that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So just to recap the covenants, God made a covenant with Abraham, the sign of which was circumcision. Later, God made a covenant with Israel at Sinai for them to be his people and he to be their God. The sign of that covenant was the Sabbath. And there's another one that comes a little bit later. When David was king in Israel, God made a covenant with him that he would have a son on the throne forever. Now, for a covenant to work well, both parties need to be faithful to the covenant. Israel, however, proved to be unfaithful. They turned away from God and experienced the curse. Israel persisted in disobedience, all the while trying to appease God through the practice of their, or through the worship practices that the law set forth. And it wearied God because they did not do it from a devoted heart. In Hosea 6.6 6, we read, For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. In Isaiah 1 at verse 13, God says, Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. And Jesus echoes this very sentiment when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Clearly, Israel had been faithless. But God did not make a complete end of his chosen people when he brought the curse of the covenant upon them. The old covenant had served its purpose, but it could not bring fulfillment to God's plan for his people. Through his servant Jeremiah, God promised a new covenant. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, 
when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, Jesus was nailed to the cross and lifted up for the world to see, that whoever believes in him might have eternal life. At the crucifixion of Jesus, God declared an end to the blood sacrifice of animals by tearing the curtain of the temple in two. After Jesus ascended to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit, the temple moved from the one made by man to the one made by God, the heart of those who believe. The unblemished animal offered as sacrifice was replaced by the unblemished lives of true believers, who themselves were washed in the blood of the Lamb. After the death and resurrection of Jesus, what had previously been declared unclean was now declared clean. And the gospel spread from the Jews to the Gentiles. A new mystery was revealed. Listen to what the Apostle Paul, or how he began to describe this new mystery. This you will find in Ephesians chapter 2 at verse 11. Remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both, Jew and Gentile, one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And then in the next chapter, Ephesians 3, He says, this is the mystery, let me try that again, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So how does this work? Suddenly, national Israel is to include the unclean Gentile who believes in Jesus, At least, that was their thinking. Well, let's see what Paul wrote in Romans. He gives us some insightful um, 
understanding here. Chapter 2, at verse 28. Paul argues that the Jew who upholds the law with his words and yet sins is just like the uncircumcised Gentile. It's like he wasn't a Jew at all. And the Gentile that obeys the law is like the one that is circumcised. And it's as though he was a Jew. And Paul then concludes at 2.28, No one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter. It seems that Paul is saying here that lineage, physical lineage, doesn't matter. Nor does the sign of faith that is cut into the flesh when there is no faith present in the person. This is further affirmed in Romans chapter 9, where Paul writes at verse 6, For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. And not all are children of Abraham because they are his his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. And what is that promise? Well, the promise to a very old couple was that being beyond child-producing years, they would have a son. But a promise in the covenant God made with Abraham was that in him all peoples of the earth would be blessed. Through Abraham came Isaac, Jacob, and Judah. And from Judah descended King David, to whom God promised a son on the throne forever. And from David descended Jesus Christ, the light and joy of the world, the Son of God, that whoever whoever would believe in him, he would be saved. Therefore, all who believe in the Son of God are the children of promise. Paul wrote in his letter to the Galatians, Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And at the end of Galatians 3 are these familiar words. There is no Jew or Greek. There is no slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Now another important piece of this puzzle is that the old covenant is obsolete. Hebrews 8. Because Jesus inaugurated a new covenant in his blood, Luke 22. And which old covenant is it that becomes obsolete? We've already talked about several covenants. Is it the covenant with Abraham, the one with Israel, the one with David? Well, it's not the covenant with Abraham because it is still being fulfilled as people come to Christ and believe God. It's not the covenant with David because Jesus is that son 
of David that will sit on the throne forever. Therefore, it is the covenant with Israel made at Mount Sinai and affirmed on the plains of Moab that is obsolete. Circumcision in the flesh has no meaning. The Abrahamic bloodline is of no value. The sacrificing of animals is over. The man-made temple has no use. And the covenant with national Israel is obsolete. It seems to me that the scriptures are shouting to us that true Israel is comprised of those who believe God. Those who bear a mark of the new covenant on their hearts by the Spirit. Those who offer their own lives as unblemished sacrifices. Those who are being built up as a spiritual house to be a royal priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2. I suggest to you that true Israel is and always has been those who, like Abraham, believe God. It has always been one believing people. And this is completely consistent with Genesis chapter 1, where the marriage of one man and one woman is the image of God. One God, one people. This is not replacement theology, which says that the church replaces Israel. It does not. Neither does it say that God has two peoples, Israel and the church. The idea of God having two peoples is like a man having a wife and a mistress, or maybe even two wives. But God portrays himself as a faithful husband to his people. Therefore, it makes sense that God is faithful to one people. This interpretation also satisfies questions around the fulfillment of some of God's promises. In Romans chapter 11, Paul says, A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and in this way all Israel will be saved. What does it mean that all Israel will be saved? Psalm 95 records God as saying, For forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Other translations say, they shall never enter my rest. If there, if there are a people in Israel whom God will not accept, sorry, if there are people in Israel whom God will not accept, how is it possible that all Israel will be saved? It is possible only when the fullness of the Gentiles has come in to complete the true Israel, that all Israel will be saved. This also fulfills all God's promises to Abraham, that through him all the peoples of the earth will be blessed, because Christ is that blessing to all who believe that Abraham will have innumerable offspring, which of course come from all the peoples of the earth. And the third promise, the promise of land to Israel forever. 
Remember, God said to Abraham, All the land that you see I will give to your offspring forever. It is not the unbelieving Jew who receives this promise, but those who descend from Abraham by faith. True Israel is now and has always been those who believe God, Jew and Gentile alike, throughout history. Okay, one more question to answer. So what? Well, some of the so what is going to be answered in succeeding messages. But it means that every good thing that God has intended for his people includes us. Us who are not Jewish and believe God. The death of Jesus Christ has reconciled Jew and Gentile into one. Dare we separate what God has joined together? If you'd like a copy of this message, let me know, and I'll see that you get one. Most of you have my email address. You can also give me a call. And if you'd like to respond to what I have said here today, please do. I'd be, I'd be happy to talk to you. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, thank you for being with us as we think on your word. Thank you also for <clears throat> your spirit who guides our thinking. It is curious to us how we can come to different conclusions on some of these matters. But I pray that you would all give us op- uh, open ears to listen to each other as we ponder your word and look for what it is saying to us. Thank you, Father, that you have included um, revelation and talk of end times in your word. It gives great encouragement and hope to your church, and that is my prayer for this church today, that we would take encouragement from it, knowing that all things are in your hands and that you are a God who is always faithful to his people. In Jesus' name, amen. What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing, all is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. is dark, but I am not forsaken, for by my side the Savior he will stay. I labor on in weakness and rejoicing. 
For in my need His power is displayed. To this I hold, my shepherd will defend me. Through the deepest valley He will lead. Oh, the night has been won, and I shall overcome. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. No fate I dread, I know I am forgiven. The future sure, the price it has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon. And he was raised to overthrow the grave. To this I hold, my sin has been defeated. Jesus now and ever is my plea. Oh, the chains are released. I can sing, I am free, yet not I, but through Christ in me. With every breath, I long to follow Jesus, for he has said that he will bring me home. And day by day, I know he will renew me, until I stand with joy before the throne. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, all the glory evermore to benediction today from Romans chapter 11. O oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a, given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. And now also this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us.